Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and today, folks, talk of the playoffs has officially died. <laughs> uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my friend, my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you doing? Well, uh, tis the season, Dave, uh, David, for... <laughs> Draft takes, um, as you mentioned, playoff folks are officially, at least here, we're done talking about it because it's about, you know, the odds of making it still not very good. Yeah. They weren't good to begin with, but not very good now. Yeah, coming in, they were 12%. Um, had the Falcons won, it would have gone up to 42%. And mm-hmm. as it stands right now, they have a 2% chance <laughs> of making the playoffs. Um, so it's technically still possible just simply from a math standpoint but i think anyone that's betting on it is probably fooling themselves that said the falcons have three games left they have the lions next at home uh they go on the road to take on the buffalo bills and then they finish the season at home hosting the new orleans saints so there is still a path um it it just probably includes them beating the Buffalo Bills, which I don't think anyone sees them doing at this point. Hell, they uh, may not beat the Lions next week after seeing what they did today. Yeah, the Lions uh, absolutely walloped the Arizona Cardinals. I, w- I will say this, um, where that is concerned. Every dog has his day, um, and even the worst teams in the league suddenly can just have just breakout performances. So I, I don't know if it's a trend with Detroit. Um, and I will also say the Falcons this year have done a better job, unlike under Dan Quinn, of beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. And I would say the Lions are one of those teams this mm-hmm. year. Um, but we're here to talk about the 49ers, the Week 15 game. Falcons, if you didn't know already, uh, I apologize for not starting with the lead. <laughs> if um, you can't tell by our tone. You can't tell. The Falcons <laughs> did not win. Um, they lost 31-13 to in San Francisco, taking on the 49ers in Week 15. Um, this one that was, was pretty close to your projection, if I remember correctly. I thought they were going to lose by like seven. So, oh, I thought you had like 30 something. Like, I thought you had a I had 28 like a, 21. And honestly, okay, like, if the Falcons just convert one of those goal line stands, then it's right much closer. Um, so you know, story mm-hmm. of my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get into the performances and the stats, um, Evan, give us a recap of the inactives coming into this game uh, before we get started. Yeah, so on the 49ers uh, end of things, Elijah Mitchell um, missed the game. He's been out all week with a uh, in concussion protocol, but also dealing with a ankle injury um, or I'm sorry, a knee injury. Um, So that was two straight games for him missed. Um, They also were without. Two linebackers, Aziz Al-Shair and linebacker Dre Greenlaw. 
Um, and then offensive lineman Colton McGivitz and defensive lineman Maurice Hurst. Um, looking at the Falcons, um, they were without obviously quarterback Josh Rosen, who I think that's two straight weeks where um, it's Felipe Franks backing up Matt Ryan. Um, if I remember correctly, offensive lineman, Josh Andrews also inactive. And then three defensive linemen were inactive. Um, John Kaminsky, Marlon Davidson, and uh, Jonathan Bullard. So that's uh, healthy scratches, especially for Marlon Davidson was probably the biggest eye opening. Yeah. I think he was a healthy scratch once earlier this year, but, mm-hmm. um, and Michael Rothstein of ESPN has noted that his snaps have been decreasing with each game and, yeah, that's probably a little bit disheartening for a player many people were hoping would take a big step forward near two and mm-hmm. um, has probably, at this point, I think it's fair to say he has not done that. Um, so, yeah, and obviously, you know, I, I think the Falcons coming in uh, relatively healthy uh, and obviously still missing um, Calvin Ridley, who uh, I think, Evan, you would agree with this at this point that uh, any hope of getting Ridley back for these three games is probably uh, gone. Like, I, I think yeah. he's he's done for the year more than likely. I think I said like two weeks ago, it just kind of yeah. seemed because the, the, the thing is, there's been no even rumors. Like, yep, unless I've missed it, like, it's been all silent, um, which is good. Like, he deserves his space and all that, but there's been no like talk of a possible return. So, at this point, yeah, I think it's definitely like, and there's, as you know, I don't want to be cynical here, but the playoffs are pretty much out of reach now. Um, yeah. so there's really no need to force him back or anything like that. Uh, yeah. So. Nope. Uh, and I mean, he would make a difference. Absolutely. He absolutely uh, would. But I mean, this would have been the game where like you yes. needed him. Yeah. Um, where like the rest of it, I mean, t- I'm not betting on less than 2% chance, <laughs> you, you <No>. know, like <laughs> that's like, Oh, we need you back buddy. Uh, because we're really, you know, we got a good chance here, but yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, you know, for the season to kind of come to an end with, uh, that all, but, um, you know, hope the best for Ridley and, uh, we'll know more, I guess, during the off season on yeah. that situation. Uh, although maybe not, um, that yeah. could be, uh, it, and this will be something we you know, try to cover at the site, but that could be a big looming question for this team mm-hmm. going into next year. And obviously we, we have, we will have plenty of time to talk about that um, when the off season gets here, cause it'll be here soon enough. Um, but for, for this game, let's talk about first what the Falcons offense accomplished. So they only scored 13 points. Um, but I think the bigger story here was the fact that um they actually moved the ball uh, well in it in, in spots. Um, we did see several passes downfield from Matt Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the concerns out of last game about his arm strength were quieted down in this game. He threw several deep balls that looked good. They were you know on point, accurate balls. Um, so some of that has died down a little bit. <clears throat> what was really frustrating though was multiple occasions the Falcons had first and goal to go with you know just like a yard or two to gain, and they got yeah. shut down multiple times. In fact, if the Falcons did a better job in converting those, this is probably a much, much closer game. Like we're talking mm-hmm. uh, two of those. You're talking about 31-27, um, and, and yeah, just a different complexion to the game with the way this played out. So um, give us the rundown statistically, though, of how the Falcons offense finished. Cause actually we had several guys that had decent days statistically, even if 
um, on the whole, it wasn't a good, a good day overall. Yeah. Um, and just to piggyback off what you were saying, you know, the one that, you know, sticks out to me the most is the start of the game um, where the Falcons got a special teams turnover, which is a gift from the football gods. Um, and they were in the red zone and just yeah. couldn't get any points on the board, ended up getting to the goal line. Uh, it is worth mentioning Patterson like scored, it was rolled a touchdown and then they reversed it. And I didn't think there was enough for them to be able to reverse it, but some, they saw it in New York differently. Um, and the Falcons walked away with zero points off that gift. So yeah, as you mentioned, like they left a ton of points off the board um, that mm-hmm. could have made this a much closer game. Uh, but statistically Matt Ryan um, had 19 completions on 32 attempts, 236 yards, a touchdown pass rating of 92.7. Um, you know, the, I think the big thing for Ryan was just being hit. Uh, the pocket was not great today. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was it was just pretty abysmal. And the fact that Ryan was even able to put up these kind of numbers with just the – I mean, this was one of the worst offensive line performances I've seen this year. And there's been, you know, yeah. a, plenty of them. But um, this was pretty bad. Uh, on the ground, uh, Mike Davis, six carries, 21 yards. Um, Matt Ryan, actually, five rushes for 20 yards, one of which – was terrifying because it was like him running into <laughs> five 49ers players who proceeded to slam him in the ground. Um, but bless him. Uh, he, he was trying to get uh, six on the board. Uh, Cordero Patterson, probably I would say this is Patterson's worst day of the year. Yeah. I mean, worst yeah. day of the uh, game of the season, yeah. 11 carries, 18 yards, obviously that touchdown got removed and that would make it look a little different, but that's averaging 1.6 yards per carry. Through the air, two catches for five yards. Just this was not it. And I feel bad for people in fantasy who have him because this was like the first week of the playoffs and he did he did very poorly compared to uh, how he's been the rest of the season. Uh, one bright spot, uh, Russell Gage, you know, he's been putting, you know, back-to-back-to-back season uh, games of uh, good numbers. 11 targets, caught eight of them, 91 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown, he went up and basically Randy Moss, the dude. And then later on, um, <laughs> did the same. I think it was, what was it? A- Ambry Thomas or something like yes. that? Yes, yep. Um, he caught another one where he just basically jumped over him and caught it. Uh, it was for a first down. Uh, I think Russell Gage had a you know one of his best games of the season. Yeah. And he's been putting back, uh, you know, as I mentioned, back-to-back games. Um really like what I'm seeing from him, uh, even though maybe he won't be with the team in the future, but, um, you know, he's stepped up, you know, recently Kyle Pitts four catches, 77 yards, um, a better game than what we've been saying. And some, uh, if you listen to the preview, I just want to address something because somebody mentioned me saying Kyle Pitts was, is just being like a guy or something. Um, I'm not saying Kyle Pitts isn't talented. What I was saying is the production yeah, the production isn't is just a guy like this. I mean, four catches for 77 yards is good. But when you go back and look at his previous games, he's putting up, you know, it's just kind of blah numbers. It's not what the talent is. And that's obviously because he's a rookie. Um, yeah. And I expect those numbers to be so much better in the future. But, you know, he's not putting up Russell Gage numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, oh, yeah, that's. <clears throat> he's a rookie tight end and is being asked to play, not just tight end. He's asked to be playing, uh, you know, wide out slot receiver. A lot is being put on his plate. 
uh, for good reason, because he's their best weapon. And uh, the defense knows that. And I saw several times, someone else mentioned this on Twitter, and I noticed the same thing. Um, there was a goal line play where Pitts was in, and they literally triple teamed him. And <laughs> I mean, uh, the 49ers know, they know he is their, you know, one of their best weapons. So they sold out to stop him. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, uh, you've got to get more talent so that uh, they can't focus on one guy on the field. And um, I think it plays into the play calling too, because on that sure. first um, technically Falcons drive where they got the ball off the opening kickoff, um, it, it was a goal line play, play action. Ryan dropped back and, you know, a lot of people were like, why, you know, Lee Smith, like that's who it went to and pitch was blocking, but I think it's also trying to create confusion because in a, you know, obviously that's a scenario where you throw it to pits. I'm just kind of giving Arthur Smith the yeah. benefit of it out here. Cause if, if it was on purpose, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but hopefully it was for, you know, the means of distracting or like trying to create, you know, confusion because you would want to throw it to pits in that situation. <laughs> oh, and Look, I mean, I think if you're going to try to find things that uh, Arthur Smith did wrong, you're, you're going to find plenty of things. Um, but oftentimes, play calls are – you can make a great play call, and if the guys go out there and just screw up the execution, it's going to look like a terrible play call. Um, and, you know, when your offensive line is getting blown up like they are right now, um, it, it's hard. It's hard to mm-hmm. – uh, make any kind of play call. Like we're asking the offensive coordinator, Hey, we need you to overcome not having a wide receiver one, um, having, you know, two major issues on your offensive line where they're getting beat, not just badly, but sometimes not even making blocks. There was a play where Jalen Mayfield got beat so badly. I don't think he touched the defensive lineman that got past him. So we need you to come up with play calls that can compensate for that. Um, there are almost no offensive coordinators in the league that can do that. Uh, you have to have some level of competence from the guys on the field. That said, could Arthur Smith have made some different calls? Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people are going to go back and say, hey, you know, he had a fourth and one. Why didn't he do a QB sneak? And uh, I mean, that's fair. It's a fair question. Uh, I think he should be asked about that. Um, but at the same time, if the only thing that will ever work is a QB sneak, the problem isn't that you didn't call the QB sneak. It's the fact that your team is so bad that the, you can only count on one play working. Like how does not anyone get this? Like if, if you cannot execute on a a dive, if you can't execute on a toss, if you can't execute on a short pass, if you can't like the problem is your execution. Um, You should be able to execute a toss and have guys get out and block for one yard. Uh, and so I, I get that it's frustrating when play calls don't work, but it's not always the play call. A lot of times it's just simply the execution. Um, to the point you made earlier, Evan, about Matt Ryan being under pressure, at one point, uh, Tory McElhaney, and this was earlier in the afternoon, uh, I think during the third quarter, um, late third quarter, she uh, put out a tweet that said, uh, so Scott Bear NFL just said the broadcast noted Matt Ryan has been pressured on 27 of 35 dropbacks. 27 of 35 dropbacks. That is astoundingly bad. Um, And I think it's notable. Like, I like to pay attention to what a lot of the media are saying about the game. And 
they were all pointing out the offensive line. And I think it's for good reason. I think they were the biggest issue today, whether it was, you know, whiffing on pass blocks. Uh, look, there was another play um, where Matt Ryan had a wide open Tajay Sharp for an easy touchdown. And just as he was winding up for the pass, he got drilled. Um, and he got drilled by a player who literally walked right past Jalen Mayfield. <laughs> um, yeah. So the plays have been there, but you look at that, and you're like, oh, God, we didn't convert. And, you know, Arthur Smith sucks. The play call was a good one. Like Tajay Sharp was right there. He, he found the soft spot in the zone and he would have had a touchdown. But when your left guard literally doesn't even touch the defensive player, it's going to make your play. It's going to make everything you, you do look bad. So, um, and that's what we had today. Uh, it, I'll be honest. I saw enough from what the Falcons did that I felt like one or two key plays and they're much closer in this game than they had any right to be, um, which is, I, I think it says something. I, I do not think this team is this bad from the, from the standpoint of, Oh, they can't score. I think they were a, a play or two away from, you know, having 28 points on the board, 27 points on the board. Um, so yeah, that's where we are with the offense. Um, Evan, anything else to add? Did I miss anything? I feel like um, just a, I guess, shout out kind of. Um, I thought Matt Ryan, you know, even given the pressures in the pocket, ha- had a relatively good day considering yeah, um, the throw he had to Zacchaeus um, was like a pure 49 yard pass. Um, Gorgeous, too. Yeah. yeah it, it, it was, I mean, it was a deep ball that like we hadn't really seen <laughs> in a while. Um, and it wasn't like he had plenty of time to just kind of launch it. Like that pocket was a mess today. Um, and it was, you know, good execution by Zacchaeus to bring it in. Um, so yeah, that's really the only other thing I would, oh, that and Christian Blake coming in for a, uh, fourth down target to do like a three, you know, like three flips in the end zone that scared me. I was like, Oh, dude. I know. Like I, I, it looked like a piece of paper blown in the wind. Like he was, he did like two flips. It seemed like, um, but I'm glad he's not hurt. Um, but yeah, it's just a rough day for the Falcons offense. As you said, just the couldn't execute um, when they needed to left a lot of points off the board. And that's, you know, why they're six and eight now. Yeah. Six and eight, three games left. <laughs> Somehow they could still finish above 500. I am not right. predicting that. Not predicting that, um, but I do think that they've got maybe one or two more wins in them, and I think a seven, eight-win season, given everything we've seen this team go through from a roster standpoint, from a cap standpoint, losing Calvin Ridley, um, that would be, I think, actually a strong uh, first season, even though from game to game we have our criticisms of um, uh, Arthur Smith and, and you know, stuff that's happened on the field. I think if you finish with this roster uh, at, with seven or eight wins, you're actually you've done something pretty decent, um, all mm-hmm. things considered. All right, we're going to talk about the defense and uh, a, a unit that we rarely remember to talk about, but one that I think we should talk about, and that's special teams because today they were a big part of why uh, the Falcons did have any success. So uh, we're going to talk about them, some of the key guys that stood out. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! 
What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcons, the Falcoholic podcast. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, my God. Works for me. Yeah, you know what? I'm not editing that out because yeah. I'm sober and I did that. I have no excuse. Like See, that's my, the problem. My brain shut down right in the yeah. middle of coming back out of the break. <laughs> you sound like crap. the Falcons offense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Save me, Evan. Recap what the 49ers did on offense before okay. I stick my foot <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> um, their offense was good. Um, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was, you know, safe with the ball. I, if you listen to the preview show, me and DW did. Um, one of the big things I said was Garoppolo would have to make some turnovers um, in the games where the 49ers lost, he turned the ball over and he didn't do that. Um, he had 18 completions on 23 attempts, 235 yards, a touchdown, um, 123.7 pass rating. Like he was efficient and a good game manager um, on the ground. Uh, Jeff Wilson jr. Obviously stepping in for uh, Elijah Mitchell, um, had 21 carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Um, Debo Samuel also on the ground, six rushes, 29 yards, and a touchdown through the air. He had four catches for 60 yards. Um, pretty efficient day for him. George Kittle, um, who who coming in this game had back-to-back games of uh, 150 yards uh, through the air in each game, um, which was an NFL record. No, the Falcons stopped him. They stopped the record, uh, but he still finished with six receptions, 93 yards. Pretty good day for him. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the names I I was interested coming in this matchup was Brandon Ayuk, who had one catch for 36 yards, which is a, you know, that's seems like that would be somebody you'd want to keep targeting, but they chose not to. Um, But aside from that, that's, oh, okay. One more Uh, Jennings had uh, 28 yards off three receptions for a touchdown. That's it. Yeah. 28 to three. I had to mention that once I saw those two numbers. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> those numbers are always with us. Always, always. haunting us. Um, always. Yeah. You know, it, they scored 31 Garoppolo uh, basically had his audition for another team. Cause he's not going to be with San Francisco next year. So, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan's probably grateful that he has this uh, this game to put on tape as he starts fielding trade offers for Garoppolo <laughs> next year. Um, and frankly, you know, the defense, they have moments. They had uh, moments where they, they shut down the 49ers on key third and short, mm-hmm. um, and or especially early on in the game. But there was just a stretch uh, between the second and third quarter where the 49ers couldn't be stopped. 
um, where they were leaning on Kittle and Samuel. Um, and then Jeff Wilson had a day and it was just like bonkers, you know, just to, it, they just went off. Um, and the Falcons didn't have any answers. They couldn't tackle anybody. They couldn't generate pressure, um, which we weren't expecting. You and I previewed that. And we, we had zero hope for the Falcons, you know, pressuring Garoppolo. I think they did it like a couple of times in the game and that was about it. Yeah. Um, but with this they, offensive they, line. Yeah. Oh, not to cut you off. Just that one play that sticks in my mind was Garoppolo um, was back there and like, it's like they brought the pressure, but they just couldn't get past their offensive lineman to the point where it looked like Garoppolo was going to be sacked. And then he just dumps it off for a first down. Um, just made it look too easy. He had all the time in the world compared to what Matt Ryan was dealing with. Um, and then, as you mentioned, uh, I believe Trent Williams had the uh, 99 PFF grade. Yeah. And you can kind of see why. Because, yeah, like, exactly. Watching Steven Means try and get around him was entertainment. Um, it was just an awful day for the pass rush. Yeah. Oh, God, no kidding. Um, and, you know, as far as the Falcons' defense, uh, Foye Lucan led with uh, 10 combined tackles. Deion Jones, who I think at this point, many Falcons fans are ready for the team to move on from him. For you know, If you were to ask Falcons fans, hey, what player do you think the Falcons should try to trade next year for draft picks? It's I'd say the majority are going to say, oh, Deion Jones. Um, and I get it, and I understand it. Um, he is... I think the frustrating thing for me with watching Debo is you know he can be better because we've seen it. We've seen him play well. We've seen him when you know he excels in coverage. We've seen him make big plays. And it just seems like the past few years, he's just mm-hmm. not been that same player. And he'll still make plays, but then he'll make off ones, whiff on tackles, and, and you're like, we know you're better than this. And that makes it worse is when you know the potential's there and he's not doing it. And you know the thing is he's going to end up going to like a team like the Rams where yeah. he doesn't have to be like play such a major role and probably bounce back. Probably. Yeah, cuz you know that's like the Falcons curse right now that you know you see yeah. Devondre Campbell having like a massive season for Green Bay and yeah. uh yeah we'll we'll ship uh, Debo off and then he'll turn into you know the best coverage linebacker in the league again. Um, which will just be our luck, but uh, yeah, he 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 had a rough day. AJ Terrell with two pass breakups. Um, it's sort of becoming old hat with him. I think he did give up a couple of receptions in this game, but um, it, by and large, he's still you know the one of the few guys to talk positive about on defense. And I thought Dante Fowler at times looked okay. He had a quarterback hit um, in, in this game, so he he was you know. He was alive. I mean, what else do you want to say there? <laughs> but yeah, I mentioned it in the, the first half, and I want to talk about now. We don't talk enough about special teams. And yeah, that is a unit where if you're looking at the Falcons right now, I think they have a really, really solid group. I mean, yeah, first of all, Young Way Koo, um, you know, he's had another strong season uh for the Falcons. He had uh, two field goals today. Um and obviously, you know, really, I think he had just one missed field goal this year or one or two. Um, so another strong season from him. Thomas Morstead, uh, mm-hmm. easily one of our best uh, midseason signings of the past several years, has come in and really just solidified the punting position. Averaged 49 and a half yards for, you know, for the two punts he had today has just been solid as a rock, um, you know, since he's come and joined 
the Falcons as a former saint. Um, and, and then uh, Avery Williams really just, uh, I thought had a really, really strong game um, as a, a kick returner. And it's, it looks like Patterson may be done uh, on this team as far as kick returns. Cause Avery Williams um, averaged 26 yards per return. He had a long of 33 um, you know, averaged 23 yards on punt returns. Uh, and it, it, that was just one punt return. Um, but this group, Evan, I think is turning into a really solid unit. And, and Avery Williams off, you know, obviously rookie year uh, had a slow start for most of the year, but this was a real, really probably his best game as a returner. Yeah. And, and the thing is like you going forward, assuming they do keep Patterson as they should, um, there's no need to keep him out there and risk right. injury if he's going to be, you know, a main focus of your offense. Um, having Avery Williams, who obviously is a corner um, and can play corner, but more as a depth guy to where he can focus on being the kick returner and punt returner, I think is a good plan to have going forward because it's not like, you you know, on some of these other teams that Patterson's been on, he's been the guy who needs to be back there because he's by far the best uh, option they have right. in the return game here. It's like, I mean, he, I'm, I'm not doubting him. Like Patterson might be slightly better than Williams at this point in his career, but Williams is a rookie and he's looked really good this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a smart move not to have Patterson back there um, because obviously, you know, it's a, when, when you want to, what makes a good kick returner, punt returners, not so much the touchdowns, like that happens every now and then, of course, but it's how many yards are they getting, how, yeah. you know, on these punt, punts that seem like they're um, going to keep them inside the 20, how many of them are they getting out of the 20 and getting good field position? And Avery Williams has done a good job um, getting them good field position. So, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with him. Happy with Morstead. Hopefully they keep him around, assuming he wants to stay around. Um just seems like a fun dude on social me- media, but also yeah. the fact that, you know, he's a former saint and they hate that he's in Atlanta and he's actually <laughs> like performing really well um, on, on the eye test, but also like PFF has him as like the third best punter this year. Young way Koo, He's been reliable. Um, so yeah, not much more you can say special teams uh, happy with what we've got going yeah. forward. Oh, and, and a big shout out to Quadri Olison. And Richie Grant on the very first play right. of the game, uh, Quadriolison obviously uh, knocked the taste out of uh, Hasty's mouth and forced the fumble. And then Richie Grant recovered it, uh, which set up the uh, first opportunity for the Falcons to not score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't blame special teams for that. No, they put them in a so <laughs> good of a position. And, and uh, that was one of the, the drives where the Falcons absolutely just uh, – it was like the Falcons offense decided that instead of trying to score, they just fell over and made farting noises for three minutes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was not fun. All right. Uh, Evan, any final thoughts on this unfortunate loss with Falcons and the fact that we are now into draft season? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I know going into this game, a lot the, half the fan base wanted to talk about the draft half wanted to talk about the playoffs. Um, at the Falcolic and, you know, all, all other sites, you know, talking about the playoff talk, we can, we kind of had to because they had a realistic chance of making the playoffs. Um, but unfortunately that is no longer the case. So we'll probably shift to more draft stuff, but um, 
it's unfortunate. Uh, I I thought the game plan would be a little better, not to nitpick and stuff like that. But this was, you know, a very important game um, for their playoff hopes, as slim as they were. But it's over now, um, and we can focus on draft stuff. And yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it, it was just it's one of those games where you know, like the opportunities were there, um, and they just didn't convert. And you know. The 49ers, they're a good team. They're better than what their record says um, they are. And, you know, it may be a blessing in disguise because if the Falcons somehow squeaked into the playoffs, you know, there's some good NFC teams. Um, yeah. Ignore, like, the I know the Cardinals lost to the Lions, but I wouldn't want to see the Cardinals, you know, playing the Falcons or the Packers or the playing the Falcons. Exactly. Or the Cowboys. Um, I mean, the 49ers, <laughs> I don't know what they currently are, but going into this game, they, I think they were like the sixth or seventh. Um, or no, I think it was like the sixth seed. Um, so, I mean, like, that's the kind of talent you'd be playing in the, in the NFC uh, wildcard round. So maybe a blessing in disguise, but like you said at the top of the show, the Falcons finishing with, you know, this is a better record than I thought they'd have like a couple weeks ago when the team was in some really rough shape. Um, considering how the roster is right now, no Ridley and stuff like that. I'm optimistic heading in the offseason, even with three games left, you know, um, which I expect they'll win at least, you know, two, I would hope. But yeah, it's a little... Uh, deflating after this one um, yeah it is because um, it, it's it's just like we me and you both talked about it you know for this whole episode but it's like they left so many points off the board there was yeah. the opportunities were there it'd be different if they got punched in the mouth but the opportunities were there they just couldn't convert and that's you know it's unfortunate but that's the script for this game like yeah yeah i, I which actually you know like you said I, I i feel like that gives me a little bit of hope even in the midst of a loss is that um, what happened today is there were a lot of little mistakes and they're correctable. Um, yeah, One of the corrections you can make is to stop playing Jalen Mayfield. Um, put- <laughs> See, these are things we're going to have to talk about um, right. <laughs> this off season. Cause that's a fair, like I never want to see a player just given up on and Arthur Smith has shown <clears throat> right. this season that he doesn't give up on these guys. Like he wants them to bounce back. With that being said, like he's been atrocious. Even his best games, he's been ass. Like it's not even really been close. Um, And what's frustrating is you have Chris Lindstrom, who's been one of the best guards, like in the entire league on one side. And then you have Jalen Mayfield, who's been, the worst guard. <laughs> like literally, I think PFF's worst left guard or overall <laughs> guard in the NFL. Um, so they they have a lot of questions going forward because it's like, do you think, oh, okay, well, he learned, so he'll be better in the future. Like maybe, but also no. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And that's what's going to make this offseason really interesting. Um, and, you know, certainly we're going to be here on the podcast talking about it these will be the kind of questions we're going to dive into um, as we go into 2022 into the off season to free agency, to the draft, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the Falcons are going to do to improve this team. Um, and yeah, that's, that's going to be one of those conversations we'll have right here. Uh, yeah. Even as the season is still going on, we're looking ahead <laughs> a little bit too much. We're, we're in off season mode. We're now. in off season mode somehow, <laughs> um, <laughs> but seriously, uh, that is part of what we'll be, be talking about here. Um, all right. 
So Evan, with that said, why don't you yeah. remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on? Yeah. Um, ooh, you can find me at, on Twitter at Evan Birchfield, uh, writing at the Falcolic, go the Falcolic, great content. Um, and you know, for those, I don't know what people's weeks are this upcoming week, but have a Merry Christmas, have fun with your loved ones yes. and don't let, you know, Falcons football frustrate you because like I, I always say, like when it's the off season and you know what I'm talking about, the off season, there ain't nothing happening. You're just wishing you could watch the Falcons <laughs> lose 13 to 31. Um, so as frustrating as it is, just enjoy the rest of the couple weeks. Um, now that the pressure of, you know, possibly making the playoffs is gone and uh yeah have a merry christmas and uh we'll be doing a preview still yes absolutely um, for the lions christmas game. right at some point yes i don't know when okay we will we will do something. okay so um, just in case for the folks who may be too busy to listen but for the folks that aren't um we'll talk to you then yeah exactly um as evan said uh merry christmas to all of you who celebrate uh, i hope you guys have a wonderful time off uh, before we head into the next falcons game the day after christmas <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh wah, wah. all right yeah. uh, on that note uh, as for me guys you can follow me on twitter at falcoholic dw updates for this podcast at falcoholic pod and of course our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com so for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.